Welcome back. We are in uh, part two of a new study we're doing on spiritual warfare. We began the study last week by looking at some foundational truths about spiritual warfare that will uh, guide us through the rest of our study. The main point that we saw in that study was that the victory in our spiritual battles has already been won in Christ Jesus, but it's our responsibility to enforce that victory in our day-to-day -day life. That means whenever we are tempted or the enemy hurls accusations at us uh, about the things that we've uh, done in our past or, or whatever it may be, then we need to remind ourselves of Christ and what he did and uh, our victory in him. And so keep those things in the forefront of your mind as we continue on uh, in this study. I want to stress that truth to you over and over again throughout our study and throughout our time together, uh, uh, because as we talk tonight about who our enemy is and the tactics uh, that he uses against us, it is vital that we remember uh, our ability to overcome sin and temptation, uh, that it's not about us. Uh, it's all about Christ and what he's done for us. So as long as you uh, fight the enemy in your own strength, you're going to fail over and over and over again. You can't do this on your own. If that were the case, we wouldn't need Christ. Um, but as it turns out, um, we can't uh, defeat this enemy on our own. So that's why Christ came uh, to, uh, to die the death that we deserve to give us the victory uh, that can only be attained uh, in him. And so uh, we see uh, scripture tells us uh, this in all different types of ways. One uh, that comes to my mind uh, is when Michael the archangel didn't fight uh, Satan in, in his own strength or, or authority in Jude 1 verse 9, but it was uh, in the strength and authority of Christ uh, that he battled uh, with Satan. And so if, if Michael the archangel can't do it, surely we can't do it. Uh, and so keep that in mind. Uh, if you, if I could just encourage you to remember that one thing uh, throughout this entire study, it would be that your victory is has already been won for you in Christ Jesus. Uh, but you are responsible for enforcing it in your day-to-day -day life. And so just remember uh, whose victory it is. It's Christ. Uh, he's given it to you, but you need to live in that victory day by day. Now, as I said, we're going to be focusing our attention tonight on our enemy uh, and how who he is and how he interacts with us. And we'll be answering a number of questions as it pertains to that. The first question that we're going to consider is who uh, is our enemy? Who are we battling against? Who are we fighting? Who's this uh, this um, this common foe that we all face that is trying to rob us of the blessings of God. Now, for many people, both Christians and non-Christians, uh, they would think that that uh, answer is fairly easy, that our enemy is obviously uh, Satan. But that's only part of the answer, as we're going to see in just a little bit. Yes, Satan is our overarching enemy. But as we see, he uses uh, various um, tactics and things that we would not normally consider uh, in his fight against us. And so we need to not only see who's pulling the strings behind the scenes, which is obviously Satan, but what are some of these other things that he uses? What are some of these other common tactics and snares uh, that he uses against us that tend to trip us up? And so uh, we're going to start in First uh, Peter chapter 5, verse 8, and we're going to read this about our enemy. He said, It says this, Be sober and vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Uh, the first thing I want you to know is that your enemy is the devil, who is also referred to as Satan 
or Lucifer. Each of these names or titles reveals something very important about this enemy uh, that we face. First, uh, the title devil literally means slanderer or gossiper. It reveals that our enemy is one who loves to just accuse us, uh, often falsely uh, accusing us. Um, it can also um, mean to maliciously gossip about someone, just uh, spreading lies about someone to run their name through the mud. We see an example of this. Uh, we see it throughout Scripture, but one uh, in particular that's uh, very noteworthy is found in the book of Job. Uh, here we see that the devil is in heaven. He is uh, falsely accusing Job of being faithful to God only because of the blessings uh, that he receives from being faithful. Uh, so throughout uh, uh, through this title, we know that our enemy loves to accuse us before God. But I also believe uh, that, that um, he whispers accusations to our heart and to our mind as well. I know that there are some people who seem to be constantly plagued with guilt and with shame. Uh, if you have not sinned, or even if you have sinned and ask uh, Christ to forgive you, but you still struggle with guilt and shame, uh, then perhaps the enemy is trying to trip you up with these false accusations. I just want to encourage you, uh, don't give in to that. Um, if you, if you uh, have sinned, and you've confessed that to Christ, that has been bought and paid for. It's been washed in the blood. You are no longer, that sin is no longer held against you. And so if you're constantly feeling guilt and shame, I just want to encourage you, don't listen to those lies. You uh, cling to the gospel truth that uh, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and trespasses. And so cling to that gospel truth and battle the enemy with that. Claim that victory uh, that is already yours in Christ Jesus. If you haven't sinned, if, if you're being uh, um, given these accusations and uh, this sense of shame, and you're looking in your life, you're looking in your heart, you're asking God to reveal any sin that's in you, and you just keep coming back to you have not done anything contrary to God's word in this particular thing, then just uh, allow uh, God's word to... Um, speak that truth over you uh, about uh, your your um, your innocence in Christ Jesus. And don't let the enemy uh, lead you to believing uh, that you have sinned. You know, Job's friends were constantly accusing Job of having some kind of sin in his life that brought his difficulties into his life. And Job kept saying, listen, I'm blameless. I can't think of any sin uh, in my life that has not already been confessed. And um, he did not allow his friends false accusations of there being some kind of sin, some kind of uh, misdeed in his life to snare him. And so I just encourage you to follow his example as well. Um, another uh, thing that we see here in this passage is that it says that Satan is like a roaring lion. Now, I don't know if you're anything like me, but I really enjoy uh, watching nature documentaries. And uh, one of the things that you'll see is that lions, they don't go around roaring um, when they're trying to catch something. Uh, oftentimes they're sneaking, they hunker down, they crawl through the grass, they try to sneak up and ambush their enemy. And when they roar, they're, they're doing one of two things. They're either trying to scare their prey uh, to, to make a mistake so that they can uh, trap them and pounce on them, or they're trying to warn off other predators that might be trying to uh, uh, take advantage of a fresh kill. And so in many ways, that's what Satan is doing. I think that's the picture that we see here in this passage of Scripture, is that Satan is trying to intimidate us 
uh, as it says that he's going around like a roaring lion seeking who he can devour, he knows that he's the weaker enemy. He knows that the victory has already been won in Christ Jesus, but he wants you to think that he's more powerful. He wants you to think uh, that he has the upper hand and scare you into making some kind of um, mistake some, uh, to get away from Christ so that he can pounce on you. Or um, maybe he is trying to intimidate you uh, from taking a stand and taking away something that he has. Maybe you see that he has a stronghold in someone's life, someone that you love and you care about. Uh, and it seems like Satan is trying to scare you from speaking up, to speaking gospel truth, to sharing your faith with this person, uh, to warn them about uh, the direction their life is going. And Satan is trying to intimidate you from uh, um, speaking out on that. I just want to encourage you don't give in to that. Don't let uh, the lies and the intimidation of the enemy uh, uh, lead you away. You stand firm in Christ and you speak God's truth to the world around you and the enemy has no defense against that. And so I want to share another uh, um, title that we see that our enemy has. And we see this in Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. We read this. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. So here we see that not only is our enemy called the devil, but it's also he's also called uh, Satan and they're one and the same. Uh, and so we see that the name Satan actually means adversary. It basically means someone who opposes or stands in the way of, someone who is trying to thwart um, your plans or the plans uh, of God. And so we see that our enemy is first and foremost uh, one who opposes or stands in the way of God, but he also opposes and stands in the way of humanity, whom God loves. Uh, this is one of his primary ways of opposing God. You know, Satan realizes that God is infinitely more powerful uh, than he is, and he can't strike at God. Although he hates God, he can't strike and hurt God. And so the very next best thing is to strike at what God loves most, and that's you and me. And so if he can't get to God, he's going to get to uh, those that God loves. He wants to stop God from loving humanity and blessing us. And so throughout Scripture, we see that this adversary is putting obstacles in our way uh, through tempting circumstances, through natural disasters, through evil people, and all other manner of distractions and hardships. Uh, it's at this point that I just want to pause for a moment and point out an important truth about our enemy. Uh, while our enemy is evil in every sense of the world, uh, word, uh, he is also incredibly sly and incredibly cunning. Uh, there are characters uh, of him throughout the world of having horns and a pitchfork and you know, and, uh, sh a sharp pointy tail and all that sort of stuff. But uh, if he were that easy to spot, uh, then he would be very ineffective in what he does. And let me let me just um, uh, state that he is very effective. We look around at this world, and he is very effective at leading people away. And so he is not as easily identifiable as uh, Hollywood would want you to believe. The truth is, he's very difficult to recognize. In fact, Scripture tells us that he's the father of lies, and that he masquerades as an angel of light. He is not going to show his face uh, to you, if he can at all help it, he hides behind lies and deceit, uh, and he wants you to think that he is uh, leading you to freedom when he's actually leading you away to disaster. Rarely uh, will our enemy come right out and reveal himself uh, to you. Um, 
what he wants to do is is make you believe that he's leading you to something good, just like he did with Adam and Eve. He wants you to think that God is withholding stuff, and he wants you to think that if you follow him and his agenda, that it will lead to blessings and to freedom. That's not the case. Instead, he's always going to be hiding behind stuff and, and trying to trick us. So uh, what I would like to do uh, for just a moment is to expose two of the most common tools that Scripture tells us that Satan uses to oppose us. He, hide behind, he hides behind these things, uh, and he uses these to slander us, to bait us to the edge of disaster uh, by tricking us into thinking that this will bring us freedom, this will bring us happiness. And then when we take that bait, then he ridicules us and shames us uh, for following him. And so I just want to expose these uh, two uh, masks uh, that Satan uses uh, that oftentimes go overlooked. Okay, uh, so first, um, what I want us to look at is in Jeremiah chapter seven, uh, 17, verse 9, it says this, The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked, who can know it? All right, so the first thing I want us to see is that Satan loves to use my heart and your heart. Uh, our hearts are sinful. All the way back from Adam, when Adam fell, uh, he plunged us all into um, sin and depravity in a fallen world. And we have inherited a, a heart that is addicted to sin and to rebellion. And that comes from Adam. And Satan loves to use our own heart. Uh, to lead us away from God. Uh, since scripture uh, uses uh, the image of the heart as a source, as the root of our thoughts, of our emotions, of our desires and motivations, and all these uh, various things, uh, this means that the very way that we think about things, um, the way that we our, our emotions react to things, uh, they uh, are, um, uh, all of these things are are hindered, are, are skewed by our sinful hearts. Satan loves to encourage us to follow our emotions. He loves uh, when we trust our own thoughts on issues rather than consulting God. He wants us to make plans for our lives without seeking God's will. Anytime that we do these things, uh, we are the one, uh, we are falling in step with Satan uh, to get away from God's uh, will for our life, to get away from uh, his blessings for our life. He wants us to think uh, that we can do this on our own. Let me just, again, reiterate to you and encourage you, your heart is sinful. My heart is sinful. That is why scripture uh, teaches that God has to give us a new heart because uh, my thoughts, my emotions, the way I see myself, the way I see others, the way I see the world is all skewed by my sinfulness. That's why I need God to lead me and that's why you need God to lead you. Don't trust yourself. Don't do it, okay? Because that is uh, one of the tactics, one of the, the masks that Satan will use against us. The other tactic that Satan likes to hide behind is the world that we live in. Uh, let me be clear. God loves the physical, natural world that he created. God loves people. God loves animals. God loves all the beautiful things in nature. So it's not that world uh, that we're talking about here being used by Satan. The world that Satan uses uh, to oppose God and to oppose us is the worldly system. And what I mean by that is the culture that all of the sinful hearts of people uh, have created. Um, we are all sinful. And as we come together with our sinful hearts and our sinful plans and we create the culture that we live in, then we are creating this worldly system that Satan loves to use. Satan loves to use corrupt leaders. Satan loves to use greed and lust uh, that's being spoon-fed to our children. Uh, Satan loves divisiveness 
and self-centeredness that encourages us to fight amongst one another. All these things are examples of the world that Scripture tells us Satan reigns over and uses to lead us toward destruction. So when uh, it talks about don't follow the, the ways of this world, that's what it's talking about. It's not talking about nature. It's not talking about uh, not loving the things around you. In fact, John 3, 16 says God so loved the world. And first and foremost, I think that means us as people, but I think it also means creation. He loves animals. He loves nature. He loves all the things that he created. Um, but we've distorted creation through this worldly system and by our own sinful hearts as we've uh, abused God's creation. And that's the problem. That's the thing that Satan loves to use. In fact, James 4.4 4 tells us this, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world, again, that's not the natural world, that's the worldly system, uh, that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. We need to recognize that if our hearts are sinful and if other people's hearts are sinful, then when we all come together, we create this culture that we live in. We bring our sinful hearts along with us and it corrupts uh, this world uh, that uh, that we have here. Listen, I love the fact that I was born in America. I think this is one of the most wonderful countries uh, to ever have existed. It gives us freedoms that uh, are just an incredible blessing to us. But listen, even in America, it is not perfect. I think we could all look around and see that. We can see what's going on in our country. We can see what's going on with our leaders. We can say, hey, this uh, this culture that we live in is increasingly becoming more and more ungodly. That's because we live in a fallen world with people with fallen hearts. Okay, and so that is the worldly system that we're talking about. This is why it's crucial for us to be suspicious of ourselves and the culture that we live in. I'm not an enemy of God, and you're not the enemy of God, and the people around us are not the enemy of God, but our sinful hearts are used by the enemy to bring much ungodliness and destruction uh, that we see uh, going on in the world today. Now, in our remaining time, I would like to just briefly address a few things that I think are important for our discussion uh, regarding this spiritual enemy. First, um, I want to just encourage everyone not to fall into the trap of seeing uh, Satan and uh, the devil and the demons and all that sort of stuff being under every uh, rock, nook, and cranny, okay? Um, Satan is not omnipresent. He is not God. He's not as powerful as God. Um, when you see ungodliness out in the world, that doesn't mean that uh, that's always Satan directly affecting that. Whenever you're tempted, that doesn't mean that Satan is directly tempting you or trying to attack you. Um, sometimes it's just our sinful hearts. Sometimes it's the world around us. Whatever it may be, there are there is a branch of Christianity that sees the devil in uh, every illness, every uh, disease, every uh, war and famine and natural disaster, that it's all because of Satan and it's all some kind of spiritual warfare. Listen, Scripture does not teach that. We do not need to fall into that. We are giving Satan way too much credit when we begin assigning every bad thing over to the devil and over to these spiritual forces. That is not the case. Now, can that sometimes be the case? Sure, scripture does teach that. But we need to not just give these blanket statements that Satan causes all problems and all disasters. We need to have much more discernment. We need to uh, wash our mind in the word of scripture. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit. 
Uh, and so it's not always as um, black and white clear cut as some people make it out to be. So I just encourage you uh, in, in that. The other thing I want to encourage you in is that Satan cannot take away our salvation. Now, this is important because I've come across so many Christians and so many individuals who are just ridden by fear when it comes to these type of things. And they're worried about uh, Satan snatching away our salvation. OK, I just want to encourage you. Scripture is abundantly clear on this issue, okay, which is the source uh, um, and, and which needs to help uh, counter this source of fear and confusion amongst people. In fact, Paul writes in Romans 8, uh, 37, he says this, uh, yet in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I just want everyone watching this to know and not be confused uh, by this false teaching that sometimes is out there about being able to uh, lose our salvation or have our salvation snatched away. If you have trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Nothing in all of creation can snatch you away from him. Let this comfort your hearts whenever the enemy tries to convince you that you've lost your salvation because of some sin you've committed or that you've gotten out of God's will, so therefore you're unacceptable and you, you're, you're not going to be, in, uh, be able to go to heaven, okay? That is a lie from the enemy that he wants to instill fear in your hearts. Don't give in to it. All right. Uh, I would also like to just take a moment and emphasize that Satan, uh, that Satan's chief uh, tactic are lies and deceptions. And we hit on this last week. We've hit on it a little bit already. But again, I just want to keep coming back to this because this is the tool that he uses time and time again. As we said earlier, he's the father of lies. Um, 